Welcome back to the fourth floor. In this episode, Jason, Calvin, and I discuss a multitude of things based on an overarching topic, space is hard, because it is. Just getting humans into space has been a wild ride. From Russian cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin in the hot seat of the Vostok 1 in early 1961 for nearly two hours, to the current ISS astronauts lapping the Earth every hour and a half or so while they've been there for an upwards of 150 days or more. Space exploration aside, we chat about the mental challenges of space, like how black holes just get away with stuff, little quantum whoopsies, and when you find your universe is broken, it's not enough to use scotch tape to fix it. Oh, and we also have a bit of news. We acquired a few more mics and better sound equipment, so after the next few archived episodes, you'll be able to hear Jason and Calvin's sonorous voices in higher definition. Whether or not you'd even want that. Great, we so are. What are we I, know. About this week? I don't know. I really yeah, I don't really... know when you wrote it, Calvin, but that link to space is hard is that Wikipedia. Oh, is yeah. Hard. yeah. And I almost actually, I almost wrote a script to pull in and check successful, blah, 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 and just look for the ones that say successful against the total. And oh, yeah. The overall, because I don't want to count and do it my, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it's about 50%. So what is this thing? Okay, so it's a Wikipedia list um, and it's of guy. moon missions to date. Um, and just, just moon, right? Yeah, yeah. This, these are missions to the moon. And most of them in the early one were Russia's uh, and the States, Russia States, Russia States. There's a link in the description. There it so, is. Um, and there, there's different uh, mission types. And the, the first one is in 1958 in August. Um, so they have, um, a lot of them are just orbiters. They just want to put something in orbit. Um, a lot of missions are impactors, which I'm pretty sure means they just try to smash it into the, um, into the moon and then have the, all of like the dust come out and maybe take some measurements that way. And what did I, what did I, 10 missions were failures before they actually had their first successful one. Yeah. Oh, and the first successful ones were impactors. Wow. And another, so those were the... <laughs> yeah, and another fun thing I liked was when you're looking at the list, it's not until 1990 that another player entered the game. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, so yeah. Japan with uh, the ISAS did a flyby orbiter. First one was successful, second one spacecraft failure. So mm-hmm. they're 50% in the 19th. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 50% is still passing that. Hey man, those uh, like engineers yeah. say, D's earn degrees. <laughs> yeah, engineers. <laughs> That'll get you. Yeah, so it's not until what do we get some flyby missions in 1965 that were actually successful. So, but until then, they were just smashing things into the moon. Yeah. And kudos to them too, because you like you fail something ten consecutive times and or more before you get something working. It's is. not a failure unless you make the same mistake over. Yeah, yeah. Right. True. And it's something that I like to tell. You know, everybody at work, it's like, oh, I make I make a different mistake every day. That means I'm learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they all laugh. But it's that's true. Like, you, if you make a new mistake every day, that's a good thing. Because mm-hmm. you're not repeating the same. If you're making the same mistake over and over again, mm-hmm. you've, uh, you know, you should stop, take a breath, try again. I heard last round say, uh, it's not a bad day, it's a character building day or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which a lot of people laugh at, but he wasn't laughing when he said that. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> That means he was he had built some character. Yeah, actually though. No. But yeah, yeah, yeah. character building is a fun thing. Yeah, and crazy. I mean, and also like another thing is a lot of people they sort of off the cuff sort of joke about um, space missions not going necessarily well. But the thing is, 
um, you you can't necessarily do something you haven't done before exactly the right time every time you do it. I mean, this is incredibly complicated, and we're using Newton. So, I mean, like, you have to, yeah, obviously you have to get it wrong a lot of times, and I don't think going a space is something you can just, A, get right the first time, but also avoid doing. Like, you can't avoid getting to space, especially mm -hmm. when you're technological. What, are you going to yeah. hang out at home the whole time? Yeah. Totally. You can go below the ocean, but that's mm -hmm. way harder because it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, the equations are easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's why we've been down to the very bottom four times. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we've been in space more than we've been <laughs> yeah. downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's pressure is really hard to deal with. That's why you know Venus was a no go. Really. Yeah. No, there's more but, partial but, differential equations going downstairs. Than there's... Lack of pressure is a little easier. Yeah. yeah. It's more I saw the 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 difference is one atmosphere and zero atmospheres yeah. versus well, one atmosphere and way too many. <laughs> yeah. You've never seen a you've never seen a building. You know, just on its own, explode outward. <laughs> but you do see them sometimes on their collapse. It turns out structural integrity is a, is 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 a, has a direction. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Right. So yeah, um, thirty-four missions to get the first flyby mission. So that's when they're you know they're shooting close, but you know orbiting is probably harder um, to actually yeah. get it just right. Um, and that's seven seven years of this space race going on. Well, and I mean, you got to think they don't have computers, so it's just you know you very need, simple you mean not even a calculator, yeah. like an abacus, yeah. a slide yeah. rule, <laughs> yeah, and and you know logarithmic tables, trigonomic tables, and yeah. a really good understanding of expansions. And so you you might be getting down to six, seven decimals, mm -hmm. um, but that that's not enough to orbit the moon guys like <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's a that little error in that seventh decimal that's at you know three hundred thousand kilometers away yeah that angle is appreciable like you miss <laughs> and you know the fact that they were able to get even the first uh, landing on the moon to within a few kilometers or over there, four kilometers off from their projected landing site which was a hundred they had a hundred kilometer Radius counting they were aiming for, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, and speaking of um, the whole Margaret Hamilton's like stack, that I actually have it up right now. This picture of oh, like with her and her stack, with her and her stack of code, stack oh, of code yeah. for the Apollo mission, like Amazing. ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, so not having computers necessarily, but having punch card computers, which make yeah. By the way, if you find any punch card computer like stacks and they just think they're garbage, keep them. They make fantastic bookmarks. Oh, awesome! Yeah, it's a, it's That's like the coolest great. retro um, bookmark. I want to talk about uh, September 1968 um, by the USSR. They did a flyby, and also it says they circled. I'm not exactly sure what that means. But um, it says here, two tortoises and other life forms on board a technology <laughs> demonstration um, for planned crew missions. So these are the first Earth life to travel to and around the moon. Yeah, so what do you feel about that, morally speaking? How do you personally feel about when you read that well it, this is similar to, well this is similar to like just testing anything on animals yeah yeah and, and yeah <laughs> except we've got radiation belts and other things yeah i mean things things happen yeah um i mean it, it is a gray area you can send people uh, but that's a really bad control group mm -hmm. and so as a scientist and it you know as dark as it is 
you need to train on things that are more simple to be like, okay, well, what happens? And when, you know, when they suffer something, okay, well, how, how does that affect something else? And you, you have to build and, and it is absolutely terrible that you need to do that. But, you know, you send up a few tortoises or you send up 50 humans, your choice. Yeah, fair. And I guess at the time, I mean, it is like the day and age and they're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we also don't have like detectors to tell us anything necessarily accurately going yeah. up there with you. So like, let's just say they didn't have any very good shielding or anything. You send, yeah. you, you send a probe or something out there that has something on it and then it's highly irradiated. Um, I mean, like there, nobody, nobody's saying that we couldn't have sent like Geiger counters or something no. like nobody's saying that we couldn't have sent like. No, and, and that's the thing that we would do nowadays, is now we just have robots. Yeah, they right? have like, robots telling like, us stuff, so they um, have... There's a professor who studies, um, well, it's Aaron's supervisor, my, or not his supervisor, one of the other medical physicists. Mm -hmm. Medical physicists. Um, she uses 3D printed rats with holes in them oh, yes. that they put, like, human skin type gel medium mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they radiate that to see how it works at different depths yeah. so we have now the technology to avoid it they're 3d yes. printed rats so yes. 3d printed artificial animal like with... yeah and it, you <laughs> would just use material to to have a density and consistency of what your theory says should happen mm -hmm. and you'd send it up and you'd wait and come back and you check your data and if your models are correct, then you get everything you wanted. If your models are wrong, well, figure it out. That's what science is. Yeah, I guess the best detector in 1968 was a living thing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you could have sent people because they would have talked to you about it. Yeah. But there weren't a long line of people being like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go up there. Just mm -hmm. uh, bury me in my backyard when I get back, right? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. they, they really didn't room. know and couldn't no. tell, like, what could possibly happen. They, they knew very little, so this was at a time where if you wanted to know what would happen, you just had to really just do it, mm -hmm. um, rather than what we can do now. As you said, you know, build a lot of precise detectors and radio communicate with them really far away. Mm -hmm. Not everyone or everything is going to be like that Yuri Gagarin guy. Um, <laughs> Did he want to put his face in that? Was Yuri? What was, what no, no, this guy is the first guy who put himself in a tin can and blew himself up into space. Yeah, He's the very first, guy the very first guy to just enter space, or is also to orbit. Uh, was that the first human space, space right? marking a yeah. hundred and eighty yeah. minute? Or yeah, it's orbital flight. Yeah, yeah. which is super cool. That's like scary. Though. Yeah, scary. Like he. So I mean, you have to be him too for a second. Like, um, you. They, someone meets you in, in the conference room. Very budget looking conference room because of the time. And um, they sit you down, and they're sort of like, we or you know, you're probably on a panel or a slide. I don't mm -hmm. know how you're selected. It'd be interesting to read. But um, they're going to tell you that that you, uh, <laughs> that, like, you know, we've got a panel of eight, and we know it was probably, but, like, I just, in my mind, it, just denomination of just, like, <laughs> yeah. like people like, ah, you know what? I kind of want kids. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Who's like, willing to want... risk their life? Yeah, yeah. so they, I'm not sure if it was this huge, huge panel of, like, a large stack of papers and questions to ask everyone they interview and then Yuri's just the guy. Yuri's the guy who's okay if he doesn't uh, if he you know he doesn't he gets blown up on launch like doesn't leave the launch pad blown yeah. up. Yeah well that's you know, that like, my first question oh, how am I getting there? Oh we are putting a bomb yeah. on your butt. Yeah. But don't worry it's not pointed at you it's pointed away from you so you should go away from it. Yeah. Also this is the first time we're testing that much velocity on the human body good luck in yours but it's not going to stop. <laughs> 
Again, they have to test it on someone. They can't just put an accelerometer on there, I guess. True. I don't well, think that, they like, can. Well, I mean, you could, but you don't Back know how the human body reacts to that. Like, right. And that's another thing about those sensors is sure i get all this data back and like this is how a human body should do yeah um but if you put me up like even steves uh professor steves at uvic trained to be an astronaut mm-hmm. that guy can handle more g's than i can because he's been through the training so if you just walk up and said oh we're going to get this g this amount of g's and you put me and steves in the same room and said who's going to f- pass out first the guy who's never done high G training. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Not even, it's not even the same across the board for humans. So when you have that data, you then also have to interpret it. So you still have to send something up there to yeah. to do another test. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, uh, sensors aren't an entire human brain made mostly of, you know, fats and water. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's not the same thing as a detector. Detectors just yeah. There's so much complicated biology going yeah. on. That's yeah, 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 yeah. so hard to... Control yeah. for right. So, so kudos to Yuri on his interview for just being like, "No, it's cool, man. Just I'll do it. Just, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And if I get up there, but I can't remember what he said. He said some really romantic stuff. Like, I mean, this is stuff I should have looked into. But he, you know, he gets shot into space. He describes, you know, the purple that he sees as he's exiting, and uh, just looking back is like the most beautiful thing ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, when when did he? When did he go up? He went. He went up in 1961. 61? Okay. 1961. So 11 years of watching all the the failures. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're going to stick you on one of these now. I think, I think we got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first, uh... yeah, that's, a, that's a nope. <laughs> yeah. I got a good feeling about this one. So we'll put a, we'll put a guy in. Yeah. And I don't know the, I don't know what the, the translation of Vostok one spacecraft but you know that's the funny thing is that the, it's his spacecraft is called the Vostok 1 so it's the first one they're doing this with <laughs> the Vostok 7 like that's seven iterations of this well, I mean, no, yeah why didn't they put a well, put a dummy like in at least to make sure there were two successful by the Russians in 59 yeah. and then it's just once again full of red right red until 64 <laughs> yeah. and it's and they just pardon? kept doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. excuse me what yeah exactly like, that's a Space is hard, guys. Space is very hard. <laughs> and the worst the worst part about it is why it's hard. Is because it's not like it's far away. It's actually closer to us than Vancouver. Right. <laughs> like we are closer to space in Victoria right. than we are to Vancouver. Yeah, it's only hundred kilometers. And yeah. Vancouver might be like, you know, pushing It's like going yeah. up Vancouver Island, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, true. And like what I went to basically Port Renfrew, which is ninety two kilometers away on a road so even if you straight lined it about <laughs> 70 right like i'm almost to space that's not the hard part <laughs> yeah <laughs> the hard part is is that you have to try and fall on the earth as fast as the earth moves away from you yeah yeah and going that, going to space and then falling back down really easy yeah. i mean yeah. that, that wasn't the problem they yeah. never they, they did that germany was doing that in the 40s yeah yeah like they were just rockets go up, they're like cool, they come back down. Neat. Yeah. Getting them not to come back down means you have to send them sideways, really fast. Really <laughs> fast. Mm-hmm. Like eleven thousand kilometers a second or whatever it is, kilometers an hour. Like it's just no. How <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. pass. <laughs> and my favorite part about the Yuri thing is that um, he comes back a celebrity. Like he comes back like a world celebrity. Right. Obviously, it should be because well I don't deserve, right? Exactly <laughs> and I don't think that's a thing that's necessarily celebrated today. Because 
you get your you get your rock star scientists right like sure yeah, yeah. you get your einsteins and that's just like you know you're actually super intelligent you, yeah you, you start your thing you know carl Sagan is an ar- astrobiologist astrobiologist and other things but i think like in the past maybe 20 years or so it's kind of decayed there's not a lot of like super genius other than yeah other than like mm-hmm. kip thorne got the Thorn. boost from interstellar, interstellar. right yeah, yeah. Interstellar. got some more notoriety what yeah, deserved yeah. there but it's nice that like back then they're like man you're the fr-. like that, that's a pretty hard-hitting story yeah yeah and, and, and it was by... also in the states yeah like he was also kind of celebrated in the states as the guy that that did the thing so yeah and that's another thing i just love about space stuff it's just it stops being i mean Okay, sure. We and it's certainly true. We always argue that it's the first, like it's the 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 directive is political to go to space. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a it was space race was about war stuff, mm-hmm. like hands yeah. down. But at the end, like after you do space space race stuff, um, it's all the borders go away. Like like yeah. when you when the, for the folks yeah. that landed on the moon, like they look back on the moon, and like I can't remember. I should really look up which astronaut said this, but. He wanted to grab every politician by the scruff of the neck, bring them up here, and like, look at that, look at that damn thing, and like put his, he can stretch out his thumb, yeah, like right. at arm's length, and just cover the entire Earth, and just like that's how significant your little surface area of the blip is. It's just that, yeah, that little bit. That is that worth like arguing? Yeah, with? and uh, and it's funny because I've used that argument even on fourth floor with some of the younger kids, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, it matters to me. I'm like, well, I don't. That doesn't matter. Yeah, tiny little fluff of carbon. Yeah. You. <laughs> like, like I, I get it. They're like, oh, no, but, like, you know, it matters to us, therefore it matters. No. No. Yeah. No. Cosmologically it speaking, it's a, a <laughs> fart in the wind or whatever. Yeah, like, <laughs> sure, you want it to, to do well so that it, it stays, but come on, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If you keep being attached to it, that's where you get all your biases. You have to. Yeah, yeah let go. You have to back up. And that's, that's what's really good, because I, I don't think you can see a, a, a border in space yeah that's the unless you're looking, yeah. like oh is that colorado river i guess that separates a couple of states and then you get into space you're like what river yeah <laughs> yeah like, you can see the amazon <laughs> you can see the nile you can see the caps yeah pretty good like mm-hmm. you can see some of the northern caps <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah every once in a while i think i feel like anyone who's in astronomy sort of has come across uh the pale blue dot like the first chapter of that book is always just pronounced in some video or something because Carl Sagan read it out, and I feel like Carl Sagan's the kind of, kind of jerk who would write something that like hard hitting and then read it on himself, <laughs> so he can say right. his like kind of poetic point okay. that is sort of like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I don't know. It was it was a deep stab wound, but he basically says, uh, um, and he's like the rivers of blood spilt by um, kings and emperors, so that oh, I really shouldn't. Be. Well, yeah, it's like so that they can. Beast, they can be basically king of the hill, king of the, the, the king speck of, the, of dust, the surface area of the moon, yes. of the moon yeah. of dust. a fraction of a surface area, a of the fraction moon of, dust of a dust suspended at the sun. It's rather yeah, poetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's it's so true though. Yeah. It's not even uh, maybe even less than that. Yeah, you can't see it far enough away. Less than a dot at infinity. Yeah, well, it's less than a dot once you get to Pluto. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're not even outside the solar system. Yeah, it's it's brutal, and and like I, I think I mentioned it last time. If you are trying to measure uh, for planets using the methods that we use today, and you're even on the closest system, mm-hmm. and you look at our sun, 
you see Jupiter, you see Saturn, maybe Uranus and Neptune if you stare long enough. Right. Earth With doesn't some register. solid telescopes. <laughs> yeah, Earth doesn't yeah. register. And you need to, like, remember, Uranus and Neptune is like, what, 30, 60 year orbits or something dumb? Yeah. And it's like, you got to catch Jupiter, you got to stare for 10 years. Yeah. Because that's all you pick. So it's like, you need, do you just need to look? And in that time, Earth is just whipping around, and the sun's like, yeah, cool, whatever, I don't care. And yeah. so you're not getting Doppler shift. You're barely, like, hardly any. It's in the 15 millionth decimal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not cutting out a significant portion. You know, one one hundred thousandth of a of a percent is, is the radius. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, you can't do any of those methods. Yeah, you're not measuring us. yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and Carl Sagan just just crushes you. Yeah, he, and he, he just puts it into perspective. He does, yeah, he's like, think of the endless cruelties visited on the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel, on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. Yeah, <laughs> and how frequent their misunderstandings. It's just misunderstandings. And then he's like, how eager they are to kill you one another. How fervent their hatreds. In all its vastness, there's no one. There's no hint. That any help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. Yeah. No. yeah so like even it, it's already laced that it's a save us from ourselves. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On the surface area of a pixel of a dot. Well, and I had a friend. So you got to test these space flights. Long story short. Yeah, and I had uh, someone <laughs> ask me like, oh, as an astronomer about climate change, like, do you guys do any science kind of to confirm it? And I was like, well, like we know it's happening. And she's like, yeah, but do you guys do any science? Like, well, I mean, they're all our satellites who just pointed at Earth. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, the, the climatologists do. That. Yeah, they do all the heavy lifting. I said, but we look <laughs> at other planets and we, you know, we look at Venus and we go, okay, well, if we go by the habitable zone calculation, Venus should be 250 degrees or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at it and you go, okay, and that's why, you know, everybody, the Mariner missions or whatever, they, that's mm-hmm. what they were not Mariner, but the okay. the ones that I think they were Mariner, Magellan, Magellan, Magellan. I can't remember the ones that Russia, uh, Russia sent to Venus, but they were rated for like four hundred or something, and they got there and it was seven, <laughs> because you know global warming, <laughs> you know you get pressure cookers, yeah, and it's something like ninety two atmospheres. I was reading the other day, like it's were you just of Venera. Venera, oh, that's Venera. the one. Right. Yeah, yeah. The ones that they sent, I just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like sort of got yeah. there, landed, and sort of sadly just... drooped, but got us some stuff. Yeah. Which was... <laughs> but it was, you know, like if you use the some of the conventional first pieces of science that an astronomer would do, you, mm. you fail. You have to incorporate climate. And that's then you, true. you know, then you go up and you have to look at Mars and, and how its climate works. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, like it's, it's a very important thing that astronomers do. And yeah. all it tells you is that. The climate on Earth is screwed. <laughs> As an astronomer, I'd be like, I'd look at all the planets and be like, yeah, so it sucks here, 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 and here, not here we for now. <laughs> are on a death march to a Venusian hellscape, it seems. <laughs> I really hope it doesn't come to that. No, we made it. We made a lot. Of, we made it. We made a lot of money for ten people. It's all right. Yeah. Oh boy. Great. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, that's, that's another thing we should probably loosely go over is the fact that we can check on other planets that are bad times had by all. Like that's the thing about being an astronomer. You can check light that scatters off of a planet and mm-hmm. see which things are ridiculously abundant. Mm-hmm. And um, if some of those things are metals, 
that shit that are in the sky and rain. Yeah. And that's not good times. Lead in Venus's yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. What are you doing up there? That's snowing. Yeah, you're snowing <laughs> lead. You're snowing lead and iron. That's bad times have by all. And we know that we're headed there because, um, what is it? Venus is like 80% composition in size. Like if I just slapped a heavy average on that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're walking, you know, holding arms and hands yeah. all in that way. And, you Death know, march, as you say. to get atmospheres, mm-hmm. you have to have a certain gravity. So what Venus tells us is that we can actually support probably about 100 times our atmosphere that we currently have. Because Venus is about, like, say, 92. Hmm. And it's around 80 to 90, depends on... You're talking about just the gravity being just able to hold gravity, just the gravity amount being able to hold it in. Okay, yeah. Um, we can support quite a bit more atmosphere. And thank goodness we don't, because... Thank you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goodness we don't. I kind of like one atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then, and then I've had one... Oh, this was a few years ago. And they had read opinion it's like oh well mars's atmosphere is mostly carbon dioxide whereas it's global warming and i'm like dude it's two and a half times farther away than from us than the in, than the sun mm. and the water melts also it's quite small and you got less left. but it still melts yeah, it yeah, still yeah. gets it still above melts. zero and it's two and a half times it's two and a half times farther. What is it like? Less, like and it's about a half our size. Yeah, or actually, it's like a third. So, yeah. and the only reason I care about that is because it's a surface area to receive sunlight that's already inverse squared far farther away than, than us, which is a, quite a large amount. Still, still has seasons. Still, yeah, like it still melts. has seasons. Mm-hmm. It has still our so has our tilt. And if you remember from the last time when we were talking about that uh, star or not star shop, star flow or whatever, solar sail. Solar sail. Light sail. Yeah, That's light the one. sail. Star and sail. the pressure of the sun on the light sail is like a paper clip in your hand here. Mm-hmm. And you go and you drop that by two and a half squared. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, Mars gets nothing. Mars and it still melts. Still melts because it has mostly carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Yeah. It helps keep it a little bit warm. Yeah, despite not having a rotating core or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. No volcanism, no nothing. It's mm-hmm. Just a rock. Yeah, a lot of radiation though. A lot of radiation. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's basically the, the microwave for space. not having anything good, but <laughs> radiation. Lots of that. Yeah. Lot no protection whatsoever. No protection. <laughs> yeah. Worst. <laughs> Worst. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's another cool thing. Um, also, remember Carl loosely saying something like, "Astronomy is the most humbling and character building experience," or it is that. And um, yeah, it's totally true. Because just because he's the guy who goes around hunting around for these kinds of things, you go around hunting around for a bunch of plants, like he just said. Mm-hmm. You're not finding a lot. You're not finding a lot of Earth's around. Yeah. And you start to like sober up and go, hmm, get a yeah. handful. Yeah, you look at like what's close. You're like, can I go there? No, that would be dead. Uh, can I go there? Well, that would be dead. It's can funny. I go there? No. <laughs> no, no, no. And it's really cool to armchair this idea, like just backyard campfire armchair, like, oh, no, do we, do, there's not a lot out there. We know we're special or whatever. Yeah. But no, there's really not. I double checked. Yeah. Looked real <laughs> far like. And even if I looked real far, like, I can't even get to the real close-like ones. Yeah. Um, this weekend when I was camping, I got to do some stargazing. Oh, cute. And I have, just have binoculars, and I, so I was able to see the rings of Saturn and nice. Jupiter's moons through my binoculars. Yeah. And they really enjoyed that, and I had my beam of death laser pointer. Nice. And so I heard people on the beach, like, oh, what's that? 
And so it attracted some people. Fun. And um, and then I kept them around long enough so that eventually Cassiopeia and Andromeda came up over the trees to the south. Mm. And I was like, okay, the reason why I've gathered you all here is because you're going to look right there at the binoculars and you're going to see yeah. the smudge. <laughs> yeah. And that is the only speck of light you can see with your naked eye that does not exist in our galaxy. Yeah, that's mm. amazing. That, that's yeah. why. That's why. That's my favorite thing to actually like look it's, at in the sky. I love yeah, it. Yeah, with I the will, simple telescope. In the winter time, I when I'm walk out for a walk late at night, I will purposely look for it because you can see it. It's really easy to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looks like a smudge. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be away from a city. Like it has to be pretty dark. I've been able it? to see it in Victoria. Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe your eyes are better than Yeah, mine. I know I know exactly where to look, and I have been looking for a very long time. <laughs> right. um, and I just, I can pick it out. Shay now knows where how to look, and he's like, oh, it's that smudge. And then <laughs> when you look at your binoculars, it's still a smudge. You just move the binoculars around, and it stays. Oh, you're right, yeah, you do the whole, like, look off to the side thing. Here. Yeah. yeah. And I was explaining to them, like, you know, it's it's around, new data shows it's about around the same size as us, has the same amount of stars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the only speck of light that's guaranteed to be looking back if you go with there's one intelligent life or galaxy. Even if you made that base case assumption because there's one here. Yeah. <laughs> then you go, okay, well then there might be one over there. In which case it's the only speck looking back. At least. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's 2.5 million years ago, so what's looking back I can't tell you, but <laughs> it's, that's, and it's super humbling. Yeah. Very sobering. Yeah, it's like, you know, you look at all those stars, like, yeah, they might have planets on when you get in there, so I don't know what your point, but, you know, why you're talking about it. <laughs> I also love the pro- the due process is uh, leave or check out the moon. A lot. <laughs> check it out a lot. Just get wrong, really, yeah. <laughs> and then be like, okay, like, I'm going to look around a bit more, and just, yeah, you don't go. <laughs> yeah. we, got to the moon. we got to the moon. It's very hard to get further. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of there... stuff planned ahead, though, to go to the moon. Which is yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, I wouldn't... Well, and it's... I was talking to people, and and they're like, oh, what do you think of, like, the states doing that? I'm like, it's actually really dumb for the states to do it. Mm. Because the states has done it. And right now, you have China, Israel, Japan, India. Yeah. They're all going there. <clears throat> Let them do it. Yeah. You go somewhere else. Yeah, you sure. be the pioneer. You be the leader. Yeah, if that was your thing to begin with. Yeah, and it's like, you know, why would you... Right now, India, and it's it, in the, that Wikipedia page says in progress, and they have yeah. an orbiter, a lander, and a rover all on the same ship mm-hmm. uh, that's going to go to the moon and look for water. Right, Chandrayaan so, 2 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that launch. So why are you going to go there and do it when you can just use their data? Yeah. Like, to me, it doesn't make sense. Now, some people are like, well, you know, I've got to wait for their data. And it's like they've capitalized, they've turned science into capitalism. And I just yeah, want yeah. yeah. kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. really need to be able to share information to get anywhere in this world. Yeah, and it's <laughs> especially if you want to get out of it. Like, fine, if you <laughs> yeah, wanted, so, if you wanted so to get the spice trade, sure, be the first, monopolize <laughs> yeah. it. Okay, fine. There's no spice trade in space. If you're <laughs> lucky, you can start mining asteroids. However, the moment you do that, everybody gets to do it because it's so profitable. Everybody's gonna be like, "Yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm, I'm doing that next." Yeah, 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 they're just asteroids out there worth trillions of dollars. Don't space yeah. trade, space trade. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, get rich quick. Get <laughs> so rich. This one guy got minds real angry with this one simple trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know 
if it's <laughs> exactly simple. <laughs> single yeah. Well, according to this list, uh, for the first ten years, it's a bit wrong. <laughs> 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 then I gotta send a few turtles. Literally. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Getting the rocket ship to launch first is the real challenge. Then we have to collect the material and then safely get back. That's I, I that's still I find that hard to believe that that will, would be profitable. My favorite no, category what will be pro is not I wouldn't bring it back. You'd I build would, factories. I would in build space. factories. I mean, it, it's better to do that anyway. There's no yeah. size constraints. Yeah, you're away from gravity, so you can just yeah. Make, so yeah. you make them, right. You literally you can just actually use the asteroids themselves for the material yes. to make. This, the, the stations and you know there's a quarter of the earth if you were to put all the asteroids together it's like a quarter not even a quarter and by volumes mass. or by, by mass. mass so that's still a lot because i mean yeah. like so you're there us on earth we don't even like tickle the the, the surface <laughs> of it <laughs> good that's that a good word to be on youtube <laughs> yeah i was gonna say if anyone saw your finger gesture there Yikes. No, I'm just That's how I express what I was trying to say. To be honest, it's actually better that they didn't see that and that their imagination has to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> but, oh man. That's true. My favorite category is the cancelled or indefinitely postponed. Oh, okay. Suggesting that uh, whoever wrote this already knew. Mm -hmm. We got a lunar lander by Europe, cancelled in 2012, indefinitely postponed. We've got, in the 2020s, don't even know, a resource prospector from the States. We got Japan's <laughs> Luna Glob. Luna Glob. Luna Glob. If I... Oh, you know what? Artificial objects on the moon is also a fun list. Mm. Just garbage mm. and garbage we left. And I think there's... I can't remember how much garbage. I'll have to double check. But how much garbage was just waste that was left from visiting the moon? Oh, there's yeah. a lot of bags of human waste. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, obviously you're you gonna have do that to. though. Yeah, yeah, you you have weight, weight problems. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, you need to make your spaceship as light as possible, even though the moon's ten percent of our gravity, therefore logarithmic ten percent of the thrust. But all of our material starts on Earth, so we have to like design our entire missions around what we can get out of Earth. Classical mm -hmm. rocket equation. Yeah, problem. exactly. Yeah. yeah, mass changes in time. It's terrible. Don't do it. And then, <laughs> exactly. So you, you plan the whole mission that that will eventually lead to you saying, yeah, like, let's just leave this on the moon. Literal. <laughs> Literal. Yeah. <laughs> so that we have, um, all, you know, enough, enough. enough fuel to get up um, and everything's planned for that because um, engineers are great like that. They think of yeah. all those things. Yeah, and I mean first time landing on the moon they had seven minutes of thrust left or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh stress yeah yikes yeah. Cutting it close I hope they just hit the button to turn that warning off because that would have been bad yeah <laughs> they just click the button and still go down you're like yeah it's easier to miss earth than, than you think what was that uh, Apollo 13 where yeah, they yeah, had I was, the free fly by hand and yeah. they're just like, yeah, put this particular feature of Earth in this particular corner of the window and hit thrust to count to ten. And then let go and we'll tell you how to correct it in a bit. Oh my god. <laughs> and Forrest Gump had to do it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want to watch that movie again and I haven't gotten around to it yet. I was thinking about that, yeah. And the amount of stress just in that moment of like a bunch of... My favorite part was just all the engineers that were sitting in some just 
what appeared to be some open like arena or like auditorium and they're just sleeping on cots because they've been up for physically too long for a human yeah and they're like the the handful of five people who like a have been a part of this from the beginning and b have to figure out how they're going to fix the thing and like Mm -hmm. okay well they're up there for another few hours right now in this situation so you have been up for a couple days you should sleep for four of these and uh nobody just served them and like chaotically yeah there's still people around them while they're trying yeah. to become unconscious. They just no, they don't even there. have earplugs. They're just like wow. sleeping there in well, madness. As a unionized firefighter, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> that's kind of it. <laughs> kind of, I slept are, in a ditch while all the vehicles drove by. Yeah. Oh my in, god. In the rain. And you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, it's fine. I don't yeah. need to sleep. No, you just sleep with your head not at the bottom of the ditch, and then whatever happens, happens. <laughs> whatever happens, happens. And you go to. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. too much. It's too much. And that's why you have a flat of energy drinks with you, because it's clearly. Clearly, we can trade caffeine for sleep. That's yeah. Medical, that's a medical We've thing. already, yeah. It's yeah. just uh, conservation of yeah, it energy. Works in physics, not in biology, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely. And I mean, physics is the. the foundation so it must exactly. work if biology is they just haven't caught up yet that's yeah it, that was it biology is just squishy physics anyway yeah. so yeah if it works there then it yeah. <laughs> works for our physics it has to work for biology they just need to catch up <laughs> and you were mentioning camping the what when were you camping this past weekend yeah oh nice i just got got back sunday yeah we're entering like probably the best astronomical mm-hmm. month being able to see the like the four business casual planets show up yeah, the, the the main the main ones. The mains. The good ones. Yeah. The gooders. The well G- Jupiter and Saturn's up, but like the other Venus, ones? Is Venus, Venus is still, still not up yet. Semi morning like, flavored. Yeah. It won't get to be night flavored for another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um Mars is three or four AM, like it's yeah, yeah. but it will we'll catch up to that. It'll be nighttime like two right. two or three weeks. Um so yeah, no, it was it was really good. And, That's really cool. Yeah, and I used to have a telescope that it broke, and so I've switched to binoculars because I have a wider field of view and everything looks the same to me. I'm a theorist anyway, so mm. uh, I have <laughs> a ten power, which is I need to be steady for, mm. and then I have a seven point five power, which is actually really good. Get a bipod or something. Well, yeah, um, I just or a tripod. I just I rested on on something. Yeah. Arms and knees, elbows and knees. <laughs> just squats. No, just squat like a champ. I got yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it works great for planets. Really great for the moon. Awesome. So, uh, and yeah, no, it was it was great. Everybody really enjoyed it, and I think I think they probably more enjoyed my laser, but whatever. Who doesn't enjoy a good laser here and there? Yeah, it seems to be the way. Hey, <laughs> you try to point something out, and then you shoot your laser, and everyone's like, "Oh, whoa, a laser!" Yeah. <laughs> That's well, not the point. <laughs> most people, like most lasers, you can't see from the side. <laughs> yeah. Mind you can. Yeah. <laughs> a block away. Yeah. If, it, if it's dark out, my laser pointer does make a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. It was good. And I, I really like that kind of backyard astronomy stuff. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as I was saying earlier, I had a, a buddy and he has like a three-year-old daughter. She really likes space, so he went out and he bought like a six-inch refractor telescope, and it was the same one I used to own, the same uh, make, model, and and uh, flavor. And it's a really, really good starter telescope. It's six inches, so you can see down to like thirteen and a half ish magnitude. So you're seeing even some deep sky stuff, but it's perfect for planets. And he sent me this picture, and he's got 
his three-year-old daughter in his arms and he's holding her up. She's dangling down to look at the eyepiece because she's too short. Cute. And to look at Jupiter. And then he sends me a picture through his phone on the eyepiece, the old classic. <laughs> the yeah. old classic picture. Yeah. And you can see a couple of moons. And so I actually went into my closet and I dug out, I, was, I have a, a kit for eyepieces for mine still that I'm probably going to bring up to the hill for that. Cause cool. I, that eight inch Dubsonian will, will fit the same ones. Nice. Uh, but I have filters. So I have uh, a black filter and then a red, an orange, a yellow, a green, and a blue. And then I have a variable polarizing filter. Nice. And uh, so it was. It's really nice because I've known this kid since high school, and, and he's like super into that backyard astronomy. And, oh, that, and that's what that's what draws you to it. So I'm really glad he's getting his daughter into it. Like he. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> that reminds me of, like the beginning of Contact, where it's like her yeah. dad gets her into like CB radios and stuff, and then she gets into radio astronomy based on it. Yeah. It is the story, but also kudos to Carl again for like choosing uh, a woman hero. Nice. Yeah, in a, yeah. a sci-fi story, which is cool. Aside from you know, Alien and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Carl didn't have to, but he did. So that's. Yeah. 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 He was. He had a whole woman science ordeal. So I had some movie idea. What it was? No, it was the show called Dark. Have you guys seen it yet? So it's, it's just, just called Dark. It's literally called Dark. It's on mm-hmm. Netflix. It's a really. It's a really cool basis. But the idea, and I'm trying to spoil it, and I don't know. If it, it does deal with a grandfather paradox. Okay, so spoilers and, ahead for those of you guys it, still listening. Yeah, and actually the funny thing is it's not necessarily spoilers because it doesn't... The, the show does a good enough job that you don't know really what's going on and you, <laughs> if you thought you did, you didn't, which is the sign of a good show. That's fair. It's German and it's uh, all subs and it doesn't matter because it's so good. It's all across the world. Yeah, awesome. But um, it's about how a few individuals find out there's some time timey-wimey business happening where there's this particular cave on the cover of the show and it starts out pretty kind of literally dark a few folks can go back to particular moments in time because some kids go missing it turns out to be a police kind of thing where like you know some kids are missing or whatever or kids have been missing or this boy went missing years ago but separated always by 33 years or something like that who cares about the number but that's a clue yeah 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 exactly it's it we're gonna go with correlations or clues and uh Movies that don't like to deal with necessary science in some ways. But um, it deals with grandfather paradoxical situations. And I think, it, uh, I'm not sure how well it sweeps it to that because I'm really interested in following through on it. But um, it's a bunch of folks who go back to their former selves to try to stop that. But apparently that's about, a, that's about like, it appears as though because we're seeing one loop all the time that it's not unlike a movie looper, that it is causal no matter what you do. So right. even if you go back try to fix things, that's what you already tried to do because that's how you got into this situation and you didn't know that until you got there. But previous yeah. you is, and this is the supposition here that previous you, sorry, future you is coming back to undo previous you's things, but future you already experienced that so should know better, but continues to do it anyways because the universe is causally connected and there's nothing you can do about that. So that's the only part in this that like remains consistent mm-hmm. okay that causality is conserved in some way that i've seen so far and again i can't really talk about the show because i haven't seen it like in its entirety okay but i do appreciate that portion despite how weird things are is that uh no matter what you do you want yeah and it's it's a really important 
part to time travel is that that paradox of like, oh, if you go back in time to fix the thing that made you go back in time, you wouldn't go back in time, you wouldn't fix the thing, and therefore the thing would happen. And it's it's that that paradox. And so the only way to do it is that you going back and fixing it is what causes it and makes you go back, and then you're stuck in it. It's just it's you and the record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and yeah, that's it's special relativity where you get that space-time diagram, and if you you draw it like regular axis, uh, you know you got your your plus infinity up, plus or minus infinity down, minus infinity left, plus infinity over, and then you say that up and down is time, mm-hmm. and left and right is is space, space, right, and then forty-five degrees is the causality line. We mm-hmm. like to call it the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where just they're equal and you can't cross that line mm-hmm. and it's 45 degrees. You can't go over 45 degrees. You can go zero to 45, either plus or minus, but that's, you're stuck in that, which means that if you look at just ignore time going down, ignore negative time, you just have that flat axis on left to right, negative infinity, positive infinity, and time going up to infinity. Mm-hmm. There's two 45 degree lines and it makes a cone. That's your causality. Everything has to happen in that cone, mm-hmm. right? And so you going back in, in time, you could go back, but now the cone extends down below. It's the same cone. Yeah, just in, like yeah, it's just just down. In, just down. You didn't you didn't skip into space like so you could teleport around. Yeah, you're that's you know, that's that breaks that breaks causality. So you can play anywhere in these in this like hourglass cone shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you're stuck to these forty five degree lines. You know, you can't you can't escape out. You're stuck to the same angle that the walls go. Exactly. You're always parallel to the walls, mm-hmm. which means you can't leave the room. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, there's no going anywhere outside that. Yeah, even if you like, even if you found the door that goes backwards, you're still stuck to forty five degrees backwards, and so it's like you know you can't you can't like hop around. You're just stuck to your own future past. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I do like how like shows attempt. I mean, you have to because you don't want to like take away the fun of the whole thing. You don't want to ruin the whole uh, yeah. a fun story of going back in time-wise, but uh, you definitely have to attend to this like causality business. And you might want to play with physics and say, ooh, no, it's fine, Like I'll break it here and it'll be okay. And it's, it, you, you don't break physics. Yeah. There's subsequent things that happen that are kind of like... Yeah, and, okay. and it's, it's a, it'll lead to a cascade. Like when you start, the reason why spherical cows in a vacuum don't exist is because neither would we. <laughs> like rapidly. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's a, it's a good approximation and you don't really lose too much by saying that. And so that's why I don't mind when some science fiction and, and sci-fi stuff, like when they, when they break the rules, I don't mind if they do it and it kind of makes sense in a way like, okay, fine. It's an approximation. You're just trying to like get the plot moving forward. Mm-hmm. I dislike it when they just shatter something completely and you're like, oh, you made it move faster than light. (laughs) (laughs) And and you didn't like say it went back in time. You didn't try to do anything. You just didn't didn't know what was a problem or anything. You just went right over it. Because when those sorts of things happen, then you have to now re-explain every other like real life physical thing (laughs) that does obey those, those laws. Yeah. And, and it's like, I get asked a lot on, oh, is there things that go faster than light? And let's accept that there are. And then you say, okay, well, there are things faster than that. Well, why not? You've already said there was something you know, one step faster. Why not two? Mm-hmm. Why not three? Why not four? Suddenly you have causality going to infinity. 
and we know that's not true because we exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you if you could do causality instantly, there would be no light. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. <laughs> you wouldn't. There would be. There would be not. It would just be the universe really hot everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's really the hot. universe happened and yeah. then <laughs> happened <laughs> and not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. closed. Yeah, exactly. Full stop. And so you know, it's the fact that there is a speed limit. It's the fact that there is something. That's the physical part. Because mm-hmm. if you say there's something that's better, well, then you have to say, well, there's something better than that. And there's there's no logical reason why you can't once you started. Mm-hmm. And this is why, like the Greeks said, the universe was infinite. Is they didn't have a reason to believe there was an edge. So the argument is, I get to the edge, I fire an arrow, mm-hmm. and it goes over the edge, and I go get it, and then I find another edge, and I wash, rinse, repeat. Because there's no reason for that first edge, there is no edge. But so far, as far as we know, for causality, there's an edge. And so to as soon as you break it once, that there's no more edge. <laughs> like, that's just, that's, that's the logical implication. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I do like that you can figure that out as a person, that, like, the grandfather paradox is a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, although it's really cool that physics comes across these, um, which is also interesting because I thought that scholastically, it was a redundancy to sort of, you know, do your electro like your um, electromagnetism courses or whatever, and then you get to the end and like, oh yeah, by the way, the whole thing we've been talking about is actually just this one thing, and you're like, okay, well you could have said that from the beginning, and I I, I feel that way most of the time. It's like, yeah, just hurry up. Like I do. I am the kind of person who does my, my own peripheral reading enough that I'm interested in, like, reading, you know, Feynman lectures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. I think anyone who's passionate about physics does that anyway. Yeah, you the, need to if you want to go anywhere with it. Yeah, if you, yeah, you would just naturally read these because you're already interested in how nature works. But at the same time, it's, yeah, I can hand you all the things, all the keys and the locks and all the stuff, but it's also just a cool thing to figure that out, like, like to be in some process and be like, oh, yeah, actually... Maxwell figured out that they're all kind of semi-flavored related, mm-hmm. that they're all sort of this weird thing, and it would draw attention to something greater later. And you can't just take that, you can't just be like... You yeah, know, that can't be a day one thing they give you. Yeah, 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 they can't just do that. Yeah, and also, it, you'd ask too many questions if they gave yeah. you one. So you're like, okay, but how? And then yeah. you'd, just, <laughs> you'd be back where you are. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a really cool thing about um, learning all this stuff about nature stuff and equations is just sort of... Actually, yeah, this, you, it would take you way too long. Like, it would take you mm-hmm. way too long to deal with scattered equations to come to something later to be like, actually, you know, prof, insert name here. I, I think these all things are really like, yeah, it's just Maxwell's equations. Like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Ed, it was a ruse. I just want to see if you could do math. <laughs> I want to see if you could do math and give it a direction. This is really it. Yeah, Thanks for coming to If you could do vector calculus, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to see if you know the relationship between sines and cosines. That's really. Yeah. So I can you do the cosine while in your sleep? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do cosine while like you, you know, pray to God before bed. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Um, so I had in second year. There's two fifteen an intro to quantum mechanics, and it's it's not quantum mechanics. It's certainly not. No, 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 it's it's terrible. It's kinder quantum but for like kids not in kindergarten so much great reading like i didn't really it's so good the first chapter is a big kick to the ego because all those people you're reading about are so much better than you and they're younger than you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's like, a, I did this when i was 18 you're like oh, it's a wake-up call terrible I, I completely revolutionized how the world saw itself in the field and i was 22 and you're like i still can't do math 
Yeah. <laughs> Five times one sometimes equals six. <laughs> because I think you're adding. Yeah. Um, absolutely atrocious. Yeah. But um, I had well, the professor I worked for, Chris Pritchett, as the prof. And uh, he was away, so we ended up getting Shadow Theft. Yeah. Like built CERN. He was one of the people who designed and built CERN. Yeah, which I also got for that class. Yeah. Very, very cool. Like getting that, that the bore atom, but like actually like getting quantum mechanics, assuming bores, and you get the bore oh, radius yeah. and all oh. that. Yeah, yeah, this gives you all the. I the vaguely numbers. remember yeah, that. Yeah, and he was like, and you need to be able to do this basically over breakfast. And it <laughs> took him all class to do the derivation <laughs> for four souls. And he's that. like, and yeah, you just, you do this, and then you assume this, and then you get, you know, unitless ratio, you have <laughs> half a banana minus a banana is minus one half banana, and and you keep going, and by the end, and you just have this, like, defined structure constant, and the four radius, and you just, you had everything, and it, it was is. so good. And I practiced that for a month until I could do it over breakfast, because he said so. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> you actually went for it. Yeah. And I, it's, I mean, it, I don't, I can't do it over breakfast now. I could probably do it over lunch, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but I like that, like do it over breakfast. So I'm like looking at Michelle cause he gave me the same speech. He gave me two speeches, which I think he gives to everyone. Yeah. But I got the over breakfast one. I'm looking at him like, Michelle, you're actually you're kind of thin guy. Like, <laughs> do you need breakfast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say like, Hey, I'm not sure if I fully trust you anymore. Either your breakfast is just very, you know, it's like those cookies they give you when you're young, which is like you chew on them, but you can't actually like, oh, the air digestive cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those air really air hard air things cookies. that take forever to chew on. Like your your oh. small your breakfast is basically made of rocks, and it's going to take you a long time. Or you're lying <laughs> because <laughs> if this if you did this over breakfast, you'd be so big, like you'd be a really big person. I don't think you're supposed to be eating and deriving at the exact same time. Well, you're supposed you do to do a lot of head. things while you're deriving. There's laws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he also said um, the Schrodinger equation, the time-dependent one. From this point forward, this day is the first day of the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And he was right. And I kind of hate that because he tells you how, you know, this is the basis of why transistors do their thing. Mm-hmm. If, if, if that's the basis of the how transistors do things, then it's all of computation. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah basically telling you that there's a very small probability of tumbling. Uh, sorry, tumbling. That's also true. But tunneling for electrons is the reason we have yes. everything is very, yeah. very, very cool. Super fun and something I can't explain over radio. But just a just a great idea that this that this is like if you study physics, yeah, sure, some classical stuff gets you pretty far, but after this you can't can't turn back. You can't go, Oh yeah, sorry, like the things you're made of are kinda iffy sometimes <laughs> the stuff that uh you know is the reason you don't fall through the floor you just wait long enough yeah yeah, you know, yeah technically speaking just like the fact that that's kind of true is probable not cool well yeah so i nacho sends me this this message and um and it's uh, a chemist just said that their field is the most fundamental of all natural scientists of all natural sciences and i laugh my i was just like chemistry doesn't work without quantum mechanics but quantum mechanics gives zero f- chemistry <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely like, true do you know why you can do covalent bonds yeah, yeah, yeah. because of the uh, the like the spin half nature yeah of, of yeah hydrogen atom it's like two arrows yeah <laughs> you know why you have a spin half nature of like hydrogen atoms 
not because of Koei Lung Bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a one-way arrow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Covalent Bonds word is a is a fun band-aid for yeah. a, a, a big wound. <laughs> and in, in, in fourth year quantum mechanics, you you do the derivation of the for like all the splitting. You get the fine structure. You get yeah. Zeman, and the Zeeman yeah. lines, and you you mm-hmm. do it all, and you you get it, and you're like, ooh, that all's that's all great. And then he he shows you a couple of a couple more, and he gives like the twenty one centimeter line. Mm. And it's because hydrogen is a proton and it's yep. spin half, and mm. the electrons spin half, and you have to add them as weird little vectors, and so they can both be up, both be down, or be up down or down up. And sometimes they flip. Well, and that's the thing is the most natural state for them to be is the up down up, down, down. Up, yeah, which is a superposition, and so they just flip, flop between them. And they're mm-hmm. rarely up, up, or down, down because it takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when they're just in their happy little ground state, they're up, down, down, up, and then they'll flop because if they don't care who's who, as long as one is one and one is the yeah. other. And but then and then it e- emits light every time. Like that takes energy to do, and they're just like, "Here you go." Yeah. Here you go. Detect me. <laughs> <laughs> Detect me. I'm over here. <laughs> over here in the galaxy's arms. Yeah. That's really cool. And it's that 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 energy difference is also why you can just like take electrons <laughs> is because there's they don't want to be up up down down they want to be counter so if you send one that's also counter it'll be like oh friend <laughs> <laughs> and then the proton's like oh man <laughs> guess i'll come too third wheeling with this oxygen and he's already brought another friend <laughs> he's already brought another how convenient it is that water is the most abundant compound. Yeah, right. It's it is chime that's looking for the twenty one centimeter line, because um, it's just looking for gas in the yeah. galaxy to map out the galaxy. Yeah, which is so really cool. Like, twenty one centimeters is great because if it's not very hot gas, it's still gonna put flip. Oh yeah, it's, it yeah. has to be <laughs> ground state atomic yeah. hydrogen. Yeah. So um, molecular hydrogen is, you get two protons, so it's H2. And we see H2 regions, they actually emit invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're a little bit spicier. Mm. And, and then you get uh, ionized hydrogen as well. Um, that emits at, what is it, 13.6 electron volts, uh, which mm. I'd have to do the conversion to get you the wavelength. But mm-hmm. that also emits... The first ground state. That, well, that's hydrogen alpha, right? Hydrogen alpha, yeah. yeah. So that's red. Mm-hmm. Um, so H two is uh, molecular and atomic and ionized. Those are the three different flavors. Yeah. And luckily, astronomers can see them all. And I had to laugh because there's one prof who I will not name. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, well, yeah, when astronomers say they measure hydrogen, tell them they're lying. All they're looking at is molecular hydrogen. And I was like, twenty one centimeter line. <laughs> ionized hydrogen. <laughs> we can't do it all. <laughs> like, name a state of hydrogen I can't read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's not like they don't have the ability to just you know think about or separate the two. You know, you know what year it is. Yeah. We know what we're looking for. Like, because <laughs> you were there when they made the first telescope. <laughs> doesn't mean we don't know what we're doing now you can talk about it smarter uh, smarter people can talk about it you know what I mean like you yeah. oh my god yeah yeah which is cool so they're gonna see stuff in distant galaxies and yeah 
look at the distribution of hydrogen in the universe, which is that's yeah yeah, yeah. with that with that um, twenty one centimeter line, it tells you where all the nice neutral gas is. So it's really cool, mm. and so it's going to hopefully collapse and make stars. It's right, your, it's your first step because ionized means that it's pretty spicy. Yeah, it's um, there's the radiation pressure outward, which means yeah. it counteracts anything that wants to fall yeah. in. So the sun is full of ionized hydrogen, so it's already made the star. You're not making more stars with the sun's yeah. envelope. And then molecular hydrogen, you have to first break it down. Yeah. Because molecular hydrogen is just like, it's so chill. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm all right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy. It, it, it has settled down and <laughs> it's found a partner. It's found a friend. Yeah. It's doing its chemistry. <laughs> yeah, once you get physics to do chemistry, it's pretty hard to get it back to physics again. <laughs> you have to spice it up and then. Yeah. I like the um, I like the description of it maps the large scale structure and can be used to measure the expansion history of the universe because sound waves in the early universe are baryonic acoustic oscillations. That's that a cool topic. And have slight overdensities in the distribution of matter on scales of about five hundred million light years. Yes. My favorite part is just baryonic acoustic oscillations of actual sound waves in the early universe. That's a loud universe. It's it's well it's because it's a compression wave of just dense material. Yeah, yeah. Hence the baryonic stuff. Like that's just actual matter shaking aggressively now shockwave wise. If you are a particle physicist, baryons are a are a particular type. Oh, yeah, right. right. Yeah. If you're an astronomer, baryonic is just everything like, not a everything nutrient. Not. <laughs> yeah. It's any quark, any mixture of quarks and electrons. Mm-hmm. And they all, we do photon pressure as separate, so. Yeah, but yeah. we don't care about gluons or W bosons or Z bosons. Like, we don't mm-hmm. care about that. So for us, baryons is pretty much anything that interacts with the electromagnetic field. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you combine all your quarks into atoms or into like protons and neutrons um that's those are all baryonic matter and so particle physicists get that twitch they're like, they do that no they're not that's no, the no, same no. thing we say with chemists like oh it's just metals after yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. If, you, if you want to go out and look at my data and tell me oh that one's all that those are just the four protons that make up the i don't know what's the fourth element and it's like yeah you're gonna tell me no no you're not so go away so not dark matter not dark energy those are baryons mm-hmm. and so it's basically the entire universe that we can know and measure and play with and yeah the universe was so spicy once that it just like rippled through it yeah and the ripples of course are going to cause some gravitational fluctuations mm-hmm. which are going to counter ripple and those look like oscillations on a sphere, and you get those spherical harmonics. Yeah. And that's what makes those little bouncies. Little bouncies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, spherical harmonics can be split into basically there's two numbers mm. uh, that govern them, and uh, the height and the, the number of bumps, I think, is, is what we care about. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're like if you have a string, I have a string that is connected at two ends, I can have like one bump that goes up and down and that's like you know kids are gonna jump yeah mm-hmm. right and then you get them going a little bit faster and there's two bumps and you can have two kids on one rope mm-hmm. you're going a little faster you can have three kids four kids right and it's just the amount of bumps you have yeah nodes i yeah. guess they're called nodes yeah they're the the spots where that flips from up to down that those spots don't move mm. um and that the fact that it's shifting from up and down there's energy going through the wave and that's that that's that oscillation they measure is that up, as it switches from up to down, it's transferring energy. 
Mm. Well, what's, what what is cool about these um yeah baryon acoustic oscillations that they they are just measuring this over density that's just slight, but you're just looking out into yeah. the universe and it's like it's just a slight amount more matter in this like bubble ring thing and then a little bit less over somewhere else and then yeah. it's just there you go and then that has a specific size yeah and what the main attribute of the dark matter theory uh, especially now with dark energy is they're able to fit like to the seventh bump or something when you look at it it's crazy and you nothing has fit so good it's, yeah. it's ridiculous to get like I couldn't get my first year lab to fit that good, and it's it's you know here's a block, uh, throw it at somebody and measure how long it took. Like that's that was first year labs. Yeah, and, yeah. You know how do you mess that up? No, I'm not nearly as good as the people doing baryonic acoustic oscillation. Yeah, yeah. And and this actually segues me into the topic that I I posted for Mond. Oh, you want to talk about Mond? Just a little bit. So Mond is modified Newtonian dynamics, mm -hmm. and their whole thing is uh, Einstein's wrong. And gravity just behaves differently at different scales. So they're trying to fit those bumps by just doing if statements. If you're here, you behave like this. If you're here, you behave like this. If you're here, you behave like this. And on the edges, just make them match. Mm. So that's how I would do a graph in a first-year lab. <laughs> because I didn't actually want to do the work. Yeah. And, yeah, so there was a, a thing that was posted. I think I, I mentioned it last time. Uh, it's the Chimera project in particular or the chameleon sorry the chameleon theory yeah yeah that's the whole thing where like yeah yeah, yeah it, it just changes as it needs to that's not science that's the worst theory ever that's the god of the gaps of what i don't know yeah and, and <laughs> that's the yeah. well and if you think of it this way if i make a an equation like a bunch of if statements and i say if you're here do this if you're there do that if you're there blah 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 mm -hmm. And I just do all of these nice little things to get that perfect fit. And I feed that to a computer. The computer's going to only give that back. There's no margin for error, really. Because I've told the computer precisely what to do. There's no, yeah. there's no, not enough wiggle room. And I can chi-square fit everything, but because it all has to match, it's you've, you've lost a lot of degrees of freedom. And their big thing was like, ooh, we, look, our, our thing made a, a galaxy with stars. I'm like, you told it to. <laughs> You, like, you actually have to tell it to do that. You have to say, in this region, make stars. Gravity behaves Newtonian here. So, <laughs> of course, it's going to make stars. You, you just told it to. Yeah. Whereas with Einstein's theory, you're like, okay, here's the most complex equations we have ever, and they're more complex than quantum mechanics. Einstein's field equations are so much more difficult to solve quantum mechanics it's why it's taken us a hundred years to get computers good enough and you know you just put them in and say here's these equations they never change this is just what happens if I have any kind of uh, stress energy like I have any particle with some density this is how it should behave what do I get you hit play and just this one set of uh, granted it's like 16 terrible linked equations that tell you how it all <laughs> behaves but you get exactly what we see when we look out there's no tinkering the only thing you tinker with are five parameters of like how much matter uh, of like baryonic how much dark matter how much dark energy what's your neutrino flux and what's the hubble constant or something like that 
Mm. So it's like five things. And we fit to the, all the decimals we can possibly measure so far, which is ridiculously crazy. Um, we don't get better than that. Whereas when you look at Mon, they're like this hodgepodge thing of like, oh, when I get past a, a certain size in the galaxy, gravity goes out the window and it just behaves like this R squared, like not one over R squared. It just behaves differently. And you're like, but, but why there? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 but why there? And, and I think the important part is your equations. So, so the thing about Einstein is like this universe is a natural consequence of the, of his equations. We're not have a bad equation and then just like, you know, put some, you know, uh, scotch tape. What's that when you like fill the cracks in the bathroom? Um, oh, the, the grout? Yeah, you just yeah. put grout where like it doesn't work like acne. Well, and it's like, oh, well, it, it, it looks like this. Therefore, I have to put this equation there to make it work. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay that's that's fine, I, I guess. And, but, but why there? And that's the question. And they're like, well, because that's what the data says. What about that dwarf galaxy over there? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What about it? Oh, well, then it has to be here instead. What? <laughs> yeah, no, you yeah. can't. You can't move your goalposts. <laughs> yeah, you can't move your goalposts. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yeah, terrible, yeah, terrible. Yeah. And, and it also takes away like is the fact that you need to have a set of equations or a set of tools you're working with that develop what you see. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, these things match to some analog or some yeah. parallel, and they're pretty good here. And if I'm not good, where am I wrong, and why am I wrong? And then you make tweaks after that, mm -hmm. but you don't say. Um, I just want this old decrepit thing to work and if I just it's like having a really old car and just kind of like slapping on new parts and they don't actually work with yeah. this thing <laughs> and just get a new car man. yeah and like, <laughs> to, to, to be fair Einstein's general relativity it's a modified Newtonian it just turns out that if you were to expand his in a very simplistic first order expansion the first term is 1 over r squared you just you get Newton for free right out of the mm -hmm. right out the hop. Mm. It's like Newton, and then you start correcting. And if you use the first two corrections, you suddenly correct for Mercury. You use the first three, you start correcting for like a couple of binary white dwarves. You use the next eight, you're doing black holes. Mm. So, you know, like it, there's something in Einstein where if you look at his equations, it just unfolds and gives you things naturally. Where you know it's not like band-aided together. Where, <laughs> yeah. I have to completely change the equation in this region to make this line fit. And it's like, that's, that's how I fail kids in labs. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do to first year students. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like I couldn't fit this to a sine curve, but instead I wanted to do like a nice <laughs> exponential curve here, but then like a negative exponential curve. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I needed to make a match in the middle. Just and you're just like, no. Oh my gosh. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do always enjoy that in, um, in any plots where they, you know, just have an incredible scatter and you try to fit some sort of curve through it. And it's like, I mean, I'm sure at some point there's like a, a minimum where you are in optimization, but you can fit so many different curves in like a really messy plot. And, and to be fair, and like, this was something that, um, so in the uh, open host group chat, when I wrecked all the poor little first and second years, when they're like, oh, like what would you say a bad science is? And I was like, astronomy. <laughs> <laughs> and and like, I got no responses. And I've had a few of them be like, why do you say that? They like other messages. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're a theorist. Like, what are you? 
you traitor to the cause. And it's like, no, have you seen? Like, there's a scatter plot, and they're like, yeah, we fit this straight line through yeah. it. And I've always, like, put up my hand and be like, why don't you fit, like, one that way? And they just, like, get this smile. Like, well, you can see. Like, if you squint, you can see. And I'm like, oh, my heck. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what physicists make fun of every other science. Yeah, for. yeah. <laughs> and here we are, like, no, 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 no. Like, clearly, this complete cluster on the screen goes up and to the right. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Now, you get all through the schooling just be like, actually, if I just keep adding these equations on, it kind of looks like that. Yeah, it's just like, oh, no, no. Now, ideally, at least in, if I remember some of the doing to the colloquia, whenever that would happen, it would be one of those situations where it's like, um, you know, this is what this theoretical line should do. So it's like, you know, yeah. clearly, clearly we're just like, our, our measurement isn't very good at the moment or, you know, we're, we're, we're acknowledging that we're not saying anything, yeah. <laughs> but this is our attempt. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times people will do that. Yeah. Which is, is required. That's why, you know, if you are going to do anything like error bars are a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. And that's another reason why I laugh at astrophysics because you're in logarithmic space and I can see your error bar. Your error bar is like over half the height of your graph. Like, oh man. And, like, <laughs> and, and I, I, I make you, but my project on supernova rates it, it you can't see the bottom of my error bar oh no <laughs> and i know it and i'm laughing and i'm just like yeah so like here's the thing that goes and <laughs> the top of the bar is really well kept but like yeah. Yeah. because that would be absurd and immeasurable but everything below this yeah. like i don't know it, yeah this it could do this or it could do anything below <laughs> <laughs> infinitely big but yeah. it can be infinitely ridiculous yeah, yeah. it could be infinitely zero yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I've, I've been chuckling about it for the last, like, year. Mm-hmm. And every time I, I update them and I get things, like, a little tighter, I, I can't bring those error bars up because it's, it's, it's an estimate. You've, discover, you've discovered some soft constraints. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and I always put them in, and, you know, like, some of the people in the collaboration are like, oh, no, it's, just, it's an upper limit. Just ignore the <laughs> yeah. ones. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that reminds me of some. I did a, an optics lab where I forced Logger Pro to do everything in polar coordinates, and then I handed it in, and he's like, "How did you do that? How did you make it do that? It looks good." Like he's like, he, he asked me to come in and talk to him for a bit, and he's like, and "It's actually hilarious because he came to my cafe, and then he had an awkward interaction because we had to we had to give you a cup so you fill your own coffee, and you just, mm-hmm. you just buy the size." Yeah. And then when I handed the cup, he put his change to tip me in his own Oh cup. my gosh, he thought it was like the tip cup or something? He, he did, and he thought I was like a beggar. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, for you. He's not wrong. <laughs> okay, he's not wrong, but yeah. he didn't... Actually, so, yeah. can I get better marks instead? Yeah, yeah, we'll trade for actually, marks. Marks actually worth a quarter? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, the tuition was much greater than a quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but that's not what he meant at all. It's just sort of like this intuition where there's a cup and you put change in yeah, the cup sure. if you're hanging out with like yeah, yeah, yeah. But um <laughs> or, or something. Yeah, it might be homeless. Like here's, <laughs> here's, here's a noodle pack for you, kiddo. Oh my gosh. On the streets. And uh anyway, so um the other awkward interaction was 
him coming to me and he's like, like, this is actually all great. Like, I, I didn't, I, like, there's nothing wrong with your lab. It's just, I don't know how you did this. How did you get Logger Pro, a linear program, to do everything in Polar really good? Oh, I was just like, okay. oh, I just that asked it to fantastic. turn X into Arcos Theta and don't ever talk to me again about other things. And then Y into R sine Theta. And again, please don't talk to me about anything else. I don't want to <laughs> see this. I don't want to, like, put it in other spaces because I need to know which polarization I am. Does it look very, you know eggy is it yep, circular yep. does it what is it i want to see it for what it actually is and if it's linear we're going to get some cool 45 zigzags mm -hmm. and um he's like that's awesome representation that's exactly what it is i just didn't think we could do that I'm like i tortured it a bit <laughs> <laughs> i had to i had to rough him up a bit to get it out of him but i got it <laughs> it was working really hard but i made it do it yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, yeah so i mean that's my only my only uh lab report cheating that I've ever had to do but um, of course I had to get the program in order to break it but uh, yeah, yeah I think the same thing we do with on that, on that one I fit sine and cos curves to the linear data and um, variations in the sine and cos or yeah. the, the egg shape versus circular shape versus yeah. straight line yeah, yeah, yeah I remember like you're supposed to do something some way that works out I'm like nah my data's probably right I'm just going to break it. <laughs> I'm just going to break it and try to map this yeah. thing Yeah, well, it's funny because I never thought about about doing that. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. every X thing is actually X equals R plus theta. So just yeah. do it real good. You do yeah. that. R is one-ish. Yeah. Well, that's... R, yeah, yeah. <laughs> R is my favorite version of one or whatever the width of whatever you're measuring is. is the yeah. yeah. Just, it's the unit. It's just <laughs> it's the R. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's, one it's one many R's. Well, it's, you know, it's it's the square root of x squared plus y squared, which is also R cos theta, R side theta. Oh, and theta is inverse tan. Yeah. A little for y over x. Yeah. Uh, like every step of the way. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> it put up a bit of a fight at first, but then it kinda of made it and then it kinda of gave me a lot a lot of decimal points. I'm like, okay, you don't need those extra bits. I just wanna Good picture for Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Although optics was, optics was an uncomfortable subject. It's still an uncomfortable subject in my mind that I don't want to like, like enterprise too deeply. Although I'm obviously going to have to because astronomy is just seeing stuff yep. in light. But just knowing, because I think just in my younger years, hearing for the first time is just you know we've got this oscillation of electromagnetic fields and stuff and just trying to understand this as like a, a monkey with less hair trying to accept that like all the light is just shaky water shaky special water and <laughs> shaky water <laughs> just kind of like okay. shaky vibrations in a field is just yeah. everywhere and yeah just translating that's that. why it's easier just to imagine them as particles hitting your eye yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than just like continuous, actually continuous wave that your eyes like yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess that was one. I guess it's like that was two. I guess that was three. Yeah, can, your eyes just feel sorry for you. Like, ah, don't tell them. <laughs> don't tell them it's actually all nonsense out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the um, fun thing about optics is how you can do two different approaches to it. You can do it geometrically, or you can do it um, using, like, quantum mechanics and... and uh, yeah. And really, like deep math with Maxwell's equations and mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah, and you get the same. You get the same answer. Yeah, which is why, like, you can easily get any computer to do any optics you need because it's linear algebra. It's geometry. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to make sure you're getting those decimals right, 
you just switch over to quantum mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Because yeah, it's, it's, cool. a, it's a space where classical and quantum mechanics meet perfectly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. For some of the some of the finer tweaking, like you know, um, uh, when you get uh, what's it called, penetration depth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah. quantum mechanics. Like you do need some quantum mechanics mm-hmm. for those really weird bits, but everything is you get the same decimals using quantum mechanics or uh, a nice linear algebra equation with bottle ends, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, because there's no other no other system where you can just combine the two and get the exact same answer with the exact same amount of work. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. One's a good representation of anything. I'm only, I'm only, I'm only two iterations in. I've got yeah. that classical. And I think astronomy has a hundred dots on the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, in this case, it's like the, we've got the quantum mechanics. Is there another thing? Is there another thing? And I, I mean, I doubt that less, but I also can't know that. I, it, there has to be. Yeah. Because general relativity and quantum mechanics don't they don't, they they don't, they don't meet. Like you, Mond can't even get them to meet, and they, that's their job is to grout. And you can't <laughs> you can't grout quantum mechanics and special relativity because one gives infinity and the other one gives zero. Mm. And you can't no kiss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't kiss infinity. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Um, and so we know they're both wrong. If they're as wrong as like Newton is. Newton, his law of gravity gets you to the moon mm-hmm. easily. They don't use general relativity to go land people on the moon because mm-hmm. no. Why? Why would you do that? It doesn't matter. Um, they'll use general relativity to calculate now. They'll calculate the GPS and stuff just to be like, yeah, you know what? The first time we did it with Newton, four kilometers. This time we're going to do it four centimeters. <laughs> like big flex guys yeah. um, who cares weird, yeah. weird flex book yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know but I know they're wrong so they're missing something mm-hmm. yeah don't take away the chase by just saying I don't know what it is and moving on yeah. You know. yeah and uh, Travis has a really good uh, take on it like he doesn't think that per- perturbation theory is working and he has very good arguments as to why hmm and for quantum mechanics. Um, the problem with general relativity so far is that they're a type of differential equation that basically sets you up. The way that the way they're set up is it's supposed to work everywhere at all sizes. And, and that's just like the way we've defined our math. So it's really hard to look at general relativity and, and say, okay, like where can I tweak you? Mm-hmm. And on the flip side with quantum mechanics like we we can't quite solve those equations everywhere we can only solve it where we're looking and that's perturbation theories you look at a point and you kind of wiggle around it and you get your waves and it works really well and they've been like slowly stretching how far you can go out but math says you can only go so far before you're wrong Mm -hmm. so they need to do something different but their equation is once again it's set up all everywhere but the you know, I, I have to even with quantum field theory, it's supposed to go from you know it's a field that extends to infinity. You still solve it at every point, mm-hmm. and so you have these things that are well defined everywhere, but don't like each other. <laughs> it's it's well defined everywhere. It's just yeah. another one of those things like oh, the universe doesn't care. You feel it. 
Yeah, it's really frustrating. It really doesn't care what you think. It's no. just doing its own thing, and you're you're welcome to interpret. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I'm going to give you a perfect shadow on that black hole image uh, to match general relativity perfectly, but it's wrong. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, well, it's like the crappy yeah. babysitter of the universe. Yeah, it's no. just like yeah. The, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm no, not gonna tell there'll you. There'll be a Higgs boson. Don't worry about it. But you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong. Ah, damn it! Fine. At, at least the Higgs gave us hints. The Higgs True. boson gave hints that there's missing and more, and it's like, okay, we can put it so far, general relativity, it's like... Yeah, we had two consequences back then. It's like 125 GeV or something else that was absurd. Well, and it was something else absurd, and the fact that it was 125 also gives hints as to more. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, that yeah, it, leaves, it leaves there could be, f like, flavors of, like, different Higgses themselves, which would be kind of cool. That would be cool, actually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so far, general relativity is... <laughs> <laughs> Why, yeah. why are you the speed of light? Why are you causality? You're always right. Yeah. Why, why does space I, just decide to be conveying information as fast as possible when it doesn't need to? It's space. It can... Space-flavored <laughs> space thing. Like, space is allowed to do whatever it wants. Why does it, it you know, why oh does it... God gravity decide that ah no speed of light's fine because also it's super unfair because like the most basic tenet is that space is if space does whatever it wants space is just hard and um no, it's, everything else it's is like expanding faster than light yeah it's, yeah which is why we have a green screen slash black screen of the universe whatever 2.73 <laughs> kelvin or whatever it is the hot yeah. screen is yeah that's <laughs> just what you get and it's just like, yeah, whatever, I don't care about your other stuff. But yeah, and the only other, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would you only tell me at the speed of light that you can go faster? <laughs> yeah. Wicked rude! Wicked rude. <laughs> the other wicked rude player That's of the game weird. is, uh, as far as I understand it, or maybe as far as we understand it, is that black holes just to get to be whatever size they want. See, everyone else has, like, limits on how big they can be. You get 1.44 solar masses on, you know, a white dwarf, you get... You get a boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all. Yeah, you got I mean, that's because gravity pulls it in and it, it explodes. Neutron stars, you're, same thing. Yeah. They'll also gravity pulls them and they explode. Yeah. Well, you're holes. worried about it, or so you're. Yeah, you have a problem with black holes not having a, a limit. Well, that's the thing. Is that's like, the issue. I just keep add, and they just get bigger. Yeah, I think it's, just, yeah. They just it's, keep it's, becoming but, more ridiculous. But that's because there's no more like um, physics happening, right? Well, like, yeah. like there's nothing in, there's not particles suddenly interacting being like, oh, oopsie, I, I'm getting too close to each other. I gotta have this other force suddenly come into play. Um, it's just like everything just stops working. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a null space. So, so it's like a, it's like a dead kernel. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's, it's not like you can fast. make it. Yeah, no, 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 no. A black hole can't stop working, right? Yeah, yeah a black hole can't stop stop working. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It can't recursively <laughs> stop working, and maybe that's the actual issue. It just recursively stops working. Yeah. And that's basically what it means to be bigger. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but those are the only two things that get to pass the buck on to just infinity. Is that right? Yeah. Um, the space gets to be as big as one set of black holes. They just keep eating, and yeah. um, and it's not an actual thing, and, and I would know that, but it's just that it's just the effect has no actual understandable limit. 
They're yeah. just yeah. doing well, it. And, and to be clear, the actual black hole itself, that singularity, doesn't change size. It is all oh, yeah, 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 yeah. small. Yeah. But it's that event horizon it just keeps that gets bigger. And that's because there's just more the radius mass. is linear, yeah. well, to the square root of m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, no, it is just it's linear in m. R is 2gm over yeah. c squared. So, yeah. So it's just linear with m. So the radius just increases at the same rate the mass does. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but. Keeps chewing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just like, but you're going to stop though? Like, you're going to, yeah, no, they can be the good thing they want. <laughs> I don't know, hold on, I want that and I want to come out here. Yeah, not really, I can't think of anything else that's really limited. Anything as ridiculous as those two things that has a limit. And I feel like hmm. any crazy theories that the universe is a black hole, stuff like that. Not that I've read into them or even overlooked them in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know, I can't tell you no because that's the only correlation I'm drawing is they don't actually have limits. The, the, the two partners and, and have it's nothing. why a lot of people think that quantum mechanics is the more correct versus general relativity. Is general relativity gives you uh, an infinity and a one over infinity as completely acceptable answers, and whereas quantum mechanics adds infinities and subtracts infinities as required to, oh. to get answers. And so they don't really have them and they get ridiculously good precision and they get all the stuff right. So like, well, clearly like we don't have infinities, so we're, we're better than, than general relativity. General relativity is the one that needs to change and that's quantum loop theory and, and string theory and all that trying to incorporate quantum mechanics or gravity into quantum mechanics. And it's just nobody, nobody likes the idea of infinities because we know they're, they'd be really easy to measure. Yeah. Right? The problem yeah. is, is that one of them is actually zero, <laughs> which is infinitely difficult to measure. You <laughs> can't yeah. measure zero. Yeah, and, you know, the, the other infinity we didn't know about until 99. Like, yeah. We didn't. Yeah. We kind of knew space could go as fast as it wanted, and inflation theory kind of gave us that, mm -hmm. um, and that was fine. And you know, people chewed on it, and molded over, and and sent it to quantum mechanics to be explained. But it wasn't until space turns out is ripping itself apart faster than light that people were like, "What do you mean you're at infinity? You can't. What are you doing it again for? Like we." We think this is wrong. Or <laughs> <laughs> we don't like it. Like, great question. What are you doing weird. it again for? <laughs> That's the thing. Like you did it once. Why did are you doing it again? Yeah. And it's like, well, it's that comes back to that. You know, if you have a wall and you can't cross it, then you don't cross it. But if you can cross it, then you can cross it again and mm. cross it again. And so it could be that we're just we happen to measure this eight billion year lag where you know on the grand scheme of things it's zero it's like you know you, you've got a measurement that goes and then it goes to the next measurement and that's where we are with that tiny little gap where it thought and then but it's inflationary the whole way oh yeah that's right and it's just like we idea. were this eight billion year gap out of an infinitely billion long thing of expansion and it's like yeah. you know that's that's zero it's just that that step to the next one oof and yeah and we don't know <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Yeah, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta wait a few more billion years to find out. That's yeah, the, yeah, that's a really good point. The part yeah, that we saw the inflation portion, but nobody said it had a... Thanks for listening to The Fourth Floor. 
You can find our show notes and content on our website at thefourthfloorpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and chat with us on our subreddit. If you'd like to donate to The Fourth Floor, visit our website or our Patreon page. Also, shout out to those who participated in our Ask an Astronomer Q&A sesh. We'll be sure to bring up your past submissions on following episodes. 